Girl Cast. Um, how are you this morning, Ashley? Are you good? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well, thank you, Bridget. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good, good. And I'm loving kind of recording some of these episodes with you. And this week, we are talking about failing well. Mm. Do you have like a top failure you've ever done? Like something that you? What's the worst thing you've ever done, or what's the worst thing you've ever bombed? Oh, like a silly thing. Oh, the, I think the worst thing I've ever bombed is so. I um, I did a lot of music stuff at school and um, did like lots of singing stuff and um, just one year I was doing an audition, like a singing audition. I don't know what happened. I fell apart. Like I literally just fell apart. Like I just couldn't sing it. Like it came out terribly. I forgot the words. It was horrible. Like the worst I've ever sang. It was horrible. And um. I think I was traumatized for years. Like yeah. I actually didn't do another singing thing after that for oh, years. Yes. Honestly, traumatized. Big fail. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. It's funny later. Like yeah, it's always funny later. But at the time, I cried for a really long time. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, poor, poor little Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bridget? Do you have something? Oh my word, like, I just don't know what to pick. I mean, the reality is, like, I epically feel quite often. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not just saying that, though, like, genuinely. Like, I really am not just saying that. Like, I forgot to pick my kid up from school. Like, I I mean, it's just like every... <laughs> I didn't know, eventually. He was safe. <laughs> but, like, I went to nursery and asked him if they had Josh, and they were like, he's not here today. And I literally stood there, and I was frozen. I was like, where is he? And I'd forgotten that I dropped him off at school instead. Um, so <laughs> great mum points uh, also the best feel I had well actually another one I mean I've got so many I, I mean I could there'd be a whole podcast that nobody would want to listen to but <laughs> I drove to pick up my kids this is like in the winter it was dark mm-hmm. and I went got my children I put them in the car mm-hmm. couldn't find the car key so I searched high and low emptied all the bags emptied all my coat pockets emptied the car could not find the car key and it was like six o'clock so the nursery's closing and they were like yeah but you drove here right and I'm like yes I know so I'm checking like under the cars in the car park. I can't not find this car quirky. And then it was the winter. So the kids were complaining because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's cold outside, which obviously I totally understand. So I closed the doors. And what happened? The car locks itself. So then I have two children at nursery at six o'clock at night. The nursery's closed. Mm-hmm. They're in the car. The car's now locked. And I still don't know where the key is. And the best bit, Ashley, was that we've got another car because of where we live. My husband drives the car. And the best bit was I had taken his car key with me in our car that I had at the nursery. So he could even drive down to give me the spare key for my car from home. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big fail. It's a pretty big fail, isn't it? Right, yeah. guess where the car key was? In the car? On the roof? In my coat, like in my coat sleeve, like by my, like my wrist. No. How? How? And I looked for my car key for like, so the kids are fine. They're only locked in the car for 10 minutes. They were totally on the wiser. But what happened though was I phoned Tom, who then asked our neighbour to drive him to the nursery so he could bring me the spare key. And he turned up, and just he turned up, I obviously then found my key. Obviously, because that's how it In my uh, coat jacket. Oh my goodness. So that's to say, like, my life is patterned with things that show that I'm literally incompetent about most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, 
yeah, he would just lift off a million things. It's just, oh, yeah. I feel it's very normal. Like, as a parent, you've got so many things on your mind. I don't know. I'll be honest, Ashley. I don't know anyone else has done that. Oh, my <laughs> friend loses her keys all the time. I have had to take my friend, like, to her, to her mum's house so many times because she frequently forgets her keys. And she wears them on a lanyard around her neck. <laughs> I need to meet your friend. I feel we've got lots of common. Oh, you would love her. She's also got three kids. She's the oh, best. Oh, man. So the reality is, I think, so those are, I guess, some, maybe your one's not such a fun failure. My one didn't feel fun at the time, but afterwards I was like, oh, Bridget, you're so incompetent. But That's I think we also have really, like, massive failures, whether it's, like, we just bomb something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, being really honest, I think one of my worst times I felt horrendous and I nearly left my job was... I. <laughs> I was driving my pastor's car when I was a youth pastor. This is about mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago. And I crashed the car with young people in the car. Oh, no. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And there was lots of reasons why it happened. But ultimately, it's still what happened. And I remember phoning this guy who was very gracious. Um, but I felt horrendous. Yeah. And I felt so responsible and I felt like I felt like I literally was the worst youth pastor in the world. Like who puts their kids in and crashes it? Um, and God has brought me healing and I'm okay and I know I'm okay and that everyone was fine and all that stuff. Really but dumb. that like rocked me to my core. Oh. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, like I had to totally fight that narrative of failure. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, so... And actually, we've got a list of great people in the Bible who failed astronomically, which makes me feel a little bit more better. than that. <laughs> more than us. <laughs> um, and by the way, that's not the in and out of me and Ashley. We can't talk about all the failures that we've done. Oh, but... there's many, many. <laughs> um, but I wonder, just like the question I have for us this morning is like, why do we find it so hard to fail? Like, why do we avoid it at all costs? Because we do. Um, you know, even when we have failed, people might say that to us and we'll fight so hard to prove that we haven't yeah um so I don't know about what you think Ashley but why do you think that is like what's that about do you know I think so initially I think that it's our own response I think it's the disappointment in ourselves and I think it's the frustration to know that we can do better mm-hmm. like that we are we are more like we are all these things that God says we are so like or you know we build ourselves up and we put all these pressures on ourselves so that when we fail like yeah we've really let ourselves down and we know that we can do better but I think probably the biggest one is the opinions of other people around you I think it's like what your friends say what your family says what society says I think it's all these other things I think they're sorry there's a big truck on by my house my doesn't. <laughs> uh, sorry um yeah I think it's how other people respond that's the worst for me I think it's letting down my family and letting down my friends and um not being what what other people think I am yeah um, yeah I think it's maybe like oh other people will think that I'm not clever or that I'm not talented or that I'm stupid or yeah I think it's I think those are the worst for me is what other people will think um about me and I appreciate you being honest because I think like I resonate with that like that would be me too I'm like oh what will other people think of me they must think this 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 this, and this Mm -hmm. um but if I'm really honest and I strip that back that's because actually I put my value in what they think of me 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I need them to to love and approve me. But then mm-hmm. if I fail, that falls through, right? That that structure, that goal, that whatever it is, it falls through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount is, and there's a reason why we're like that, because none of us wants to feel judged. Yeah. None of us wants to feel that we've done a rubbish job. And I think we work, and I, this is me talking personally, like I, was, I work sometimes so hard against feeling judged by people. Yeah. And then, you know, when I, and then when I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm either fitting into what they do think or they could think of me, then you fight really hard against it, don't you? Yeah. Um, so I think like when we feel we're coming into, into um, a place of, you know, like how do I respond? But that's ultimately based on how others around me. So my friends, my family, like you've said, and I think the world, like the world doesn't go, you failed, well done, clap, clap, clap. The world tells you, you've got to get up again, you've got to try again, which is not necessarily wrong, but it comes this whole like, dust off, it doesn't matter, ignore your feelings, like, you know, you just got to work a bit harder, you'll achieve a bit more, you know, it's like, it's just all part of that same package. And I think we wanted to think about today, none of those things, but actually how does God view failure? Like, yeah. how does God respond to failure? Um, because I think we often gravitate to the other responses, and then eventually we go, "Oh yeah, how does God deal with it?" Right at the very end. <laughs> at the end, and you're like, "Oh, we should have started here." So we're going to start there, um, because I think that's that's the thing. Like it, all these responses play a role in how we cope with failure, mm. um, and the reality is, like our gut will be a mixture of all those things, won't it? Yeah. Um. So. I guess we're keen to unpack that. So um, I'm actually going to read out some of this stuff. We've got some examples we want to share. And then I want to ask you a question, Ashley. And the question is like, how how have you learned to cope or respond or deal with failure? So that's what I want to know from you because you're awesome. (laughs) I think our biggest thing this morning was thinking a little bit about like, failure is not fatal. Mm. But I think there's been so many times in my life, and I think I've already shared it on this podcast series, where I've let failure be fatal. Like doing the edition I mentioned last week. I then didn't really pursue acting after that. Now, I think God's actually used that. But yeah. the reality is, I let that failure be quite fatal to me. Yeah. Um, just thinking about that, that you know, that would be one of the things. So... Um, failure is not fatal and the reason I know that <laughs> is because we've got this thing called the bible and it's full of people who have failed epically um, and maybe you haven't thought about that but we just have a list that we want to share so uh, I'll kick off with David and then um, I'll hand over to Ashley but we think of David as somebody who killed Goliath which he did you know he was that he was a shepherd boy in a field and he learned all his skills and then he went and did them on a field and he killed Goliath and he saved his people he had this amazing friend with Jonathan and you know he wrote some of the best bits of the bible he wrote the psalms I mean imagine turning up being like hey I'm David I wrote a bit of the bible um <laughs> you know he had like this amazing ability to endure under this wicked king's soul like all this stuff but he also did some other stuff too he committed adultery so he stole something from the person he committed adultery to he lied about it oh and then he also murdered her her husband yeah. <laughs> he loses his son as a result. Um, so ultimately he cheated, he stole, he lied, he murdered, and he ultimately lost. But 
he repented and his failure and his sin wasn't the last word in his life because who do we know about king david he was one that he's a hero he's talked about as a hero as a faith but we forget his failure record his failure record is absolutely epic yeah it's, it's so epic it's long. <laughs> um which makes me feel a little bit better about losing my keys or crashing a car yeah, um, yeah. murder lost keys <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I think it's a fair point though. Like God used David, and he had the most epic failure record. Mm. Just something to say. Who's yeah. next, Ashley? Yeah. Uh, next we have Elijah, the the prophet who did all these great things. God sp- God spoke to him personally, um, and then he had this breakdown. He was burned out, tired, exhausted. Um, but God gave redemption in that situation and burnout isn't final and if things go wrong and um you know you let people down around you that's not the end like god will give you rest and hope and bring back to life um what has been eaten in fact this literally just brought um this bit back to me where it says somewhere in the bible um that god will restore what the locusts have eaten um and that actually really helped me in a time in my life where I felt the locusts had eaten um, all the hope that I had and God restored it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. And like, Elijah was an amazing leader and he had burnout. And I think like yeah. when we feel we have great responsibility, when we're, I don't know, who are we going to let down? And it's like, sometimes we, we can't carry on. Sometimes we're failing and God's like, I can't do it. Yeah, we can't do it all. Um, my next one is uh, Paul and then um, again whoa what an epic failure um, so basically like up until he came to know Jesus his job was to kill Christians he beheaded them he threw them in jail like he murdered as a result of his words and stuff a lot of people who love Jesus and God used his failure as the biggest testimony to his power grace and transformation he used Paul. Paul's written probably some of the biggest parts of the Bible that we know. Yeah. And he encouraged them. I mean, Paul, as a result of who God is in and through him, has changed history in the most significant way. Yeah. Like the church, like the early church, church, like that was founded on a lot of the stuff that Paul had to say. Like he whipped them all into shape. Like, and, and like, how did he start? He started by murdering people. Like, that's massive that's a huge turnaround if I actually think about it like I don't like I'm just being honest imagine our local like imagine a serial killer that's like in some ways like God used him yeah yeah absolutely um anyone else for us this week yeah a big one for me is when Peter one of Jesus's best friends like closest allies denied Jesus like that I feel like that's really mind-blowing because it's not like he just denied like following Jesus or being a Christian like he literally denied knowing Jesus as Jesus was taken away to be killed because he was afraid and so yeah like fear got in the way and he totally failed Jesus and yeah I just massive yeah like he was the worst friend and disciple doing that and um, and he was when he realized 
he was devastated. Um, no wonder, but um, there there was redemption there as well. So it's amazing, isn't it? Because I don't know what the equivalent would be, but imagine like I was being killed for my faith. Ultimately, okay, that actually still happens in the world, and I contact my best friend, and my best friend's like, "Nah, I don't know, Bridget." Yeah. How would I feel? And oh. God uses him to build the church. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> all that is to say that actually God's model of failure is drastically different than ours. Mm. The difference is when we fail, how do we respond? Mm. So, I think our challenge for us today is to think about maybe the issue is not failure. I'm not saying it's okay murdering people, just to clarify. But how we view failure. Yeah. Actually, there's something about letting God into that. Because the problem is when we spend our whole time not accepting failure, running from it, denying it, we don't repent of it, which means God can't use it for good, which means we're trapped in that cycle of I'm not good enough. Yeah. So if we want to change that, we want to change the shame cycle, we have to take it to God. And we have to accept how he views failure, not how we do and how other people do, which means we've got to accept God's views of us over other people, people's views of us. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. Like there's been times even in the last year where I've had to settle with knowing that people really disagree with me or people think the worst of me. Mm-hmm. And I can't control that. Even if I, I would do everything I could, if I could mm-hmm. and accept that actually God views that differently and I've got to let that go. And it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like I wanted to finish just with this with you actually this morning. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of this before, but it's something that Pete Scazzaro talks about in some of his books, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and stuff. And he talks about this iceberg. And it's like an iceberg, you see 10% of the iceberg on top of the water, but 90% of the iceberg's underneath the water, right? And it's this idea that the 10% above the water is the bit you see about who I am. So I don't know, maybe the stuff you see Bridget doing, or maybe like, I don't know, my bubbly personality, or I don't know what it is, right? And those things are part of me. Mm-hmm. But there's like 90% of me that maybe you don't see. And maybe I don't even see myself. Mm-hmm. It's like the motivators behind my insecurities. It's like the truths I've agreed with that don't come from God that I'm not even aware of. Maybe it's people pleasing, which comes out of not believing I'm good enough. Or maybe it's, yeah, going back to some of the stuff you chatted about, Ashley, like, you know, um, I can't fail because what will other people think of me? So my values and what they think, or what, you know, and it's kind of stripping it back going, we all have a shadow. That's just a fact, whether we like it or not. It's whether we're willing to see it. So I don't know, let's go back to David. Like David's shadow, what was it? He committed adultery with somebody else's wife and murdered them. So he had a big iceberg going on. That oh yeah. He was clearly not aware of. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's lots going on there. Like, take Peter who denied Jesus. What was going on for him that he denied his best friend as he was being crucified? Yeah. So, so like, man, yeah. failure. Like, it's the same stuff we're talking about. It's the same. It's the same patterns. Even though these things in the Bible maybe are but unrelatable, like some of these big failures, right? But if we put them, if we look at the root of them, it's about. Fear, like the reason that David killed um, the woman's husband is because he was afraid of what what was going to happen, and it all comes down to like fear of 
rejection, what people think, what people say, like at the root of it as people, we are all, the, we are, have the same fears when it comes to our failures and our setbacks or the things that we do wrong. Um, but if God can redeem these situations, like he can redeem ours and he absolutely does. Um, but yeah, that's so true. A shadow. So we don't have time to go into that today. I would so highly recommend that you check it out. But I think that's what we want to leave you with is seeing we want to challenge you guys with us to reshape how you view failure Mm -hmm. and to say, do you know what? We actually all have that bit of iceberg underneath the surface that nobody knows about. You know, maybe it's it's the shame bit. It's like the part, it's the the bit that like, you know, if Ashley really knew this bit about me, I don't think she'd want to be my friend or she would say some terrible things about me or she would think I was the worst person. And actually, we all have a little bit of us somewhere there, um, unless we do a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, and I think we're just saying, learn to love that person. Learn to love the person you're ashamed of. Learn to love the person who feels like they're totally failing, because that is exactly who God loves. Like That's exactly how God used David, how God used Elijah, how God used Paul, how God used Peter. And if he can use them, he can use you, no matter how messy your life is. Um, and so I think there's something about accepting there's a part of us that we are ashamed of and we find difficult and realizing that actually God's going to use that as the biggest springboard for his power and his goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what he did with these guys. Peter built the church. Paul built the church. Elijah helped people hear from God. David, he's like a founder of our faith. Mm. So I wonder what God could do with your failures. It's kind of exciting, right? It is, because actually the reality is, um, yeah, otherwise I don't have hope, do I? Yeah. yeah. So we've got a psalm we want to finish with. Um, Ashley, could you read it for us? Yes. So it's Psalm 73, verse 26, and it says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I love it. And because it's basically. <laughs> See again, sorry. <laughs> because we will fail. Like our flesh is mm-hmm. sinful. Like we are sinful people. So failure is in our nature. But God's and it God. doesn't. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be fatal. No. It actually is an opportunity for God's goodness and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, when God sees your failure, He doesn't see somebody who's screwed up and made a big mess. He sees somebody who's who's redeemed and washed by the blood of Jesus. He yeah. sees somebody who has a new start. He's somebody who is no longer broken. And that's how God's used these amazing people that we know of. And it's also how God can use us. Yeah. Um, and I know even like some of the biggest things in my life, either stuff that's happened to me or stuff I'm ashamed of or stuff that like I'm disappointed in. Mm. When I've learned to view that stuff as God does, God then uses it as an amazing thing for yeah. goodness and wholeness. And we believe that God wants to do that with you. Absolutely. We believe it. We know it. Um, we're going to finish there today, Ashley. And I know we've, we've covered quite a lot of, some of that stuff's heavy, actually, because I think the motivations for feeling like we're failing is such a big thing in our lives. Yeah. Um, but I hope from today, you guys are like, actually, do you know what? Maybe my failure doesn't have to feel and be viewed as I am viewing it or have viewed it by others. Yeah. Um, so would you finish by praying for us? Yeah, of course. Lord Jesus, we thank you um, 
that we do fail. Lord, we thank you that you take our failures and you make something beautiful from them, that you see them as an opportunity to use us, God, and to turn our lives around um, and to use us for great things. Father, I just pray that you would help us, God, that when we fail, to take them to you straight away, Lord, to not think about what other people think of us, what the world thinks of us, but go straight to what you think of us and what you're going to do with it, Lord. I just really pray um, that you would just shape our hearts to block out what other people think of us and what we feel we should be, but that we should align ourselves with what you want us to be, God. And I just pray that you would give us strength and hope in the dark places, Lord, and that we would just really reach out for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ashley, it's so great, as always, to listen and chat with you today. And I pray and hope you have a great week. And looking forward to next episode, I we're going to be chatting about grief and loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know these feel like heavy-duty subjects, but you know what? They're really good because God's got good stuff for us through them. So make sure you tune in. But until then, guys, I hope you have a good week. Yeah, take care. Have a good one. I'll speak to you. Bye for now.